Hi, this is Mitch England, Vice President of Driver Relations, and welcome to the August Driver Town Hall Conference Call. Thank you for joining. We welcome uh, your feedback and questions a little bit later, but uh, we do these recordings each and every month, or these town hall calls each and every month. We also post them on the CRE Toolbox app under the podcast section. So if you uh, want to go back and listen to some in the past or even just re-listen to this one, you can do that in your app. Um, we have most of our executive team as well as many other managers present on the call to give us some information about what's going on with the company as well as just answer questions and, and have a discussion here towards the end of the call. So um, thank you. I'm going to now turn it over to our CEO, Chad England. He will host the call today. So go ahead, Chad. Take it away. All right. Thanks, Mitch. Good to be with you guys today. Uh, excited to have another town hall. Uh, we really enjoy hearing from our team and uh, our professional drivers that are out there making it happen every day uh, are certainly the tip of the spear as far as uh, getting the job done. And uh, we know that nothing happens without you guys. Uh, speaking of which, uh, we appreciate you and uh, looking forward to next week, next month's uh, driver appreciation events. Uh, my brothers and I and uh, some other executives in the company will be traveling around the country to see many of you in person. Also, we'll be doing um, some Zoom meetings and some calls uh, to uh, talk to you and, and get closer to you that way. So we'll have a number of events, uh, some barbecues, some different things that we're really looking forward to next month. So uh, that'll be, be a lot of fun. Um, we uh, have uh, a few guest speakers, and I'll get to that before that. I want to thank you all for the outstanding uh, performance on our safe and on-time uh, core value. Um, our safety accident rates uh, through the summer have been just outstanding. Our chargeable accident rate has been uh, some, some of the best performance we've ever seen as a company. Um, we, we've had some real highlights. For example, uh, OTR went two months without uh, a chargeable DOT accident, which is unprecedented and, and just awesome. And we've seen such good service uh, performance as well. Um, in a time when uh, freight is a little slow, it's so good to see that we're still taking care of our customers, and that is helping in terms of us being able to get the freight volumes from our customers that we need and for us to be in a position to get the right rates and be able to pay everybody the most that we possibly can. So thanks for your work on our safe and on-time initiatives. With that, uh, let's get into uh, some of our guests. Um, I'm going to start with uh, Daniel Smithen, who is joining us today to talk a little bit about um, a new feature uh, we have fuel stop integration into our navigation. Danielle, why don't you jump on and tell us, give us a little bit of detail on that. Hey, can everyone hear me? Yes. Yep. Okay, good. Making sure you can hear me. Um, yeah, so about three weeks ago, we put fuel stops in the workflow. Um, these are the same fuel stops that Expert Fuel has been generating for you guys up until now, but we've only been sending those out as messages. So we integrated it into your workflow so that the stops are sequenced um, where the fuel should take place and telling you how many gallons that you should purchase. So um, that's been a really nice feature. And because they're in the workflow, uh, when you guys hit the navigate button from inside the workflow, it's also going to navigate you through the stops on your load and include the fuel stops in that navigation, which is really nice. Um, one thing we have been getting notified of since those have been out is some issues with Expert Fuel, which is the application that generates the fuel stuff, um, and it taking you to locations where you shouldn't be, residential areas, different things like that. Um, so we met earlier this week, and we're talking about some solutions that we can uh, start to do on the back side so we can look into these fuel locations and get them corrected because obviously it's exposing things that have been around for a while but without the visibility directly into your workflow or directly into your navigation um, we weren't able to 
see those as clearly as we're seeing them now. So the ones that you guys have reported already, there was a problem with our CR England Yard and another particular fuel stop in the Salt Lake City area. Those have been corrected, so don't hesitate to reach out to your DM or tell somebody if uh, you have a fuel stop that ends up at a bad location. But just know that we're also working on it from a back-end perspective, and we'll try to get these corrected as quickly as we can. Okay, thank you, Danielle. We appreciate that. Um, we'll let you jump back off to your day off, so thank you. Um, thanks, guys. And, uh, yeah, thanks for jumping on. Um, our next uh, speaker will be uh, Lori. Lori Akins, who's our VP of Sales, and she'll be doing our customer spotlight today. Thanks, Chad. Hi, everyone. Today, our customer spotlight is Rich Products. Uh, we do we support Rich Products on the OTR and intermodal side. Rich Products is a true trailblazer in the frozen food industry. It was founded in 1945 by Robert Rich Sr. as a small family-owned business in Buffalo, New York. Despite its humble beginnings, Rich Products quickly gained recognition due to its commitment to innovation and unwavering dedication to culinary excellence. During the 1950s, Rich Products achieved a significant milestone by introducing the world to non-dairy whipped topping, which revolutionized the dessert industry. This groundbreaking achievement set the stage for numerous other frozen food innovations. The company's product line expanded significantly, offering a wide variety of options from desserts to appetizers. Rich Products has over 11,000 employees. As a global company, it serves customers in more than 100 countries with manufacturing facilities, offices, and distribution centers scattered across multiple countries, including the United States, Canada, Europe, Asia, Latin America, and the Middle East. Rich Products has firmly established its presence worldwide. Our OTR division averages just over 40 loads per week with Riches, and that volume will continue to grow as we head into the fall. Our commitment to on-time delivery has resulted in a significant improvement, increasing from 94% on-time in May to just over 97% in July. In addition to OTR, we're proud to ship 10 loads per week on intermodal, and we also provide service into and out of Mexico for Rich Products. From the Rich Products team, they wanted to extend their heartfelt appreciation to our drivers for their dedication to safety and the exceptional levels of service they provide to Rich Products. So that's a direct quote from the Rich Products team. They knew we were going to be doing a spotlight and wanted to um, extend that heartfelt gratitude to our, our awesome drivers. So thank you drivers for all of you do on behalf of the Rich Products team. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Lori. Uh, love Rich Products. I've been to their headquarters in New York and um, they are some great people and they love CR England and it's because of the way that our team has treated them for so many years. So thank you to all of you for doing that. Uh, all right, moving on. Let's uh, have Aaron Shepard, our VP of Safety uh with a, a safety spotlight yeah thanks chad uh this is aaron shepherd um my primary role with the company is to reduce accident frequency and severity and uh, before i give a couple of tips uh on behalf of all the safety professionals that work with me and also with dusty england and our safety compliance team i just want to tell all of you it's just a really great honor to try to be here to help you be safe and get home to your family safe. It's something we take super seriously, and uh, we take a lot of pride in uh, our efforts to try to help you guys get home. It means it means a lot to us. Uh, going in, going into my message, I'm going to do something today that they say you shouldn't do, uh, and that's use a horrible sports analogy. But I'm going to compare safety to golf. I think being safe is a, is a lot like golf. It's it's really hard to be good at it. And if you're not constantly working on it, thinking about it, relentlessly practicing, your scores are going to get worse. And anyone who's played golf and taken a, a winner off your first round out, you're clearly not as good as when you were focused and playing every day. And I think, I think safety is a lot like that. 
it's it's not a destination it's a journey i know that's cliche but it's something you constantly need to be working on or or your skills or your results are going to going to atrophy and it, in prepping for today one thing that i was thinking about uh when we have drivers reach a million miles we we typically have a ceremony and one of those things we do we we have the driver fill out a questionnaire and you know we ask them about their hobbies and their backgrounds and sharing safety tips and without fail our million milers when you ask them hey can you have a, a tip for being safe most of them had several but they're really quick to say oh here's my tip or here are my tips it's so hard to choose but it, it, it's crystal clear that the drivers that make it to that milestone they're thinking about safety a lot they the, their safety tips are on the tip of their tongues it's something that they're constantly thinking and, and working on and so uh, my plea today, you know, we share the key safety principles with you guys in messages all the time. We cover them in our, in our safety meetings. But, but I, have a, I have an ask, and that ask is to, is to calibrate how well you are doing at adhering to our key safety principles. You know, it's, it's something you're, you're going to have to practice, you're going to have to work on, but as you have different levels of compliance with those principles, Go back and, and check yourself and see if, if you're actually following those religiously or to the T and, and, and calibrate. And if you're not, get yourself back on track because those key safety principles are the, the plan to, to go accident-free. You know, we reverse engineered a bunch of accidents and came up with 15 principles that if followed would reduce accident frequency and severity. And it, it's a solid game plan, but again, calibrate how well you're doing it following those it's not something that hey you get to a certain point in your career yours to safe driver it's something you need to continue to work on so uh i'm going to read key safety principle number four to everyone and I'll, I'll turn it back over to chad but it it's one of the more complicated principles but it can lead to a, a really serious accident key key safety principle number four says never impede traffic this includes performing a u-turn on any public roadway Avoid parking roadside unless there's an emergency and no other options. If you're forced to park roadside, it's imperative that you activate four-way flashers, place your safety triangles according to regulation, and request help immediately. So, again, that's kind of a, it's kind of a loaded principle. We packed a lot in, into that. But impeding traffic accidents are really serious. When, when a, a car or another truck at a high speed hits a stationary vehicle, it, the outcomes usually aren't great. And so if you cannot impede traffic, avoid U-turns, avoid parking roadside unless it's a mechanical or me uh, medical emergency, you're going to reduce your risk of having one of those really severe accidents that you see in the news. Awesome. Thank you for that, Aaron. Appreciate you. Um, we're going to now get ready to open it up for calls. Uh, so, Mitch, why don't you give directions on how to do that? Okay. Thanks, Chad. I'm going to put this into Q&A. So if you would like to ask a question or provide some feedback, just dial star six and, uh, and you'll be put into the queue. And we're just going to wait here a, a minute or so before we get some uh, questions coming in. And it looks like we do have some coming in now. So we can start. First question will be, I don't have a name associated with the phone number, but the phone number is area code 951-818. Go ahead with your question. Can you hear us? Hey, it's uh, P. Simon or Paul Simon. Hey, Paul. Go ahead. Hey, Paul. Okay, Good so you. thank you. Um, so uh, one, I um, hope everyone's having a good day and everything. I kind of jumped into the call late. Um, I do just want to ask, what's up with the new text messages and stuff that I'm getting as far as stuff related to the equipment interchange? Because I got a whole bunch of texts this morning that like really blew up my phone, and it's saying stuff related to the different pictures and stuff, saying like no repairs needed here, no repairs needed here, and I'm wondering is there a way that we can like mute those or anything like that? Because kind of became a little distracting with my phone going nuts while I'm trying to safely drive. Okay, let's see. Um, 
Uh, we're uh, we're texting behind the scenes. No one who knows the details on that. Uh, so, like Chad, I can jump in if you'd like. Yeah, go ahead, Rich. So yeah, we did we did just um, do a um, an update to some of the technology that we're putting in to help with our road service processes when drivers call into road service and need help. Uh, it is related to that, I believe. Um, I'm not aware. This is the first I've heard of them blowing up and sending out a lot of messages. So there may be an issue. We'll get somebody looking at that right away to find out why so many messages are going out. And we'll look at, at uh, yours specifically as an example, Paul, to, to see which messages were sent. And then we can extrapolate from that and see if it's a general problem. But we'll get right on that. But was not aware of this until you brought it up. So thank you for bringing it up. No problem. All right. You, you know, Josh, I'm going to actually have you get on real quick um, and explain what our intent is here with the interchange um, technology that we've been adding, uh, just so everybody has kind of a general awareness. Can you help us with that? Josh England? You might be muted. Well, I know Aaron Shepard's on. Aaron, you want to kind of give a little explanation on what we're trying to do and why we might be having a technology glitch with that? Chad, can you hear me now? Oh, there yeah, you are, Josh. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, Paul, thank you for calling in and, and bringing this up. This must be part of uh, some new development we're doing. The intent of it is to give uh, drivers and the operations team, the, the fleet managers, um, automatic updates on the status of repairs on your truck. Uh, the desire is for you to get uh, you know, real-time updates so you don't need to call in and uh, find that out. You're welcome to call in if you have a question about it, but uh, where you won't, uh, you know, you'll be able to stay up to date even without calling in. Uh, it sounds like something may not be tuned right. I know they, they were just turning on some functionality uh, in that regard, and, and it sounds like it's overdoing it. So we'll look into that, Paul. I know uh, on our little uh, tech stream we have going behind the scenes here, we're already looking at uh, the list of uh, uh, reach outs that you've had, Paul. So uh, we'll dig into that and make sure we tune it right. But overall, it's part of a good thing, which is to try to keep uh, everybody up to date on what's happening with, uh, without making you have to call in. Okay. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate you joining. Uh, and thank you for the question, Paul. All right. Next question. This comes from uh, again, I don't know the name, no name associated, but the phone number, area code 334207. Can you hear us? If you do, yeah. let us know who you are and uh, go ahead with your question. Yes, sir. My name is Andrew Connor. I'm with our pod suite. Uh, let me first off start by saying that uh, I really enjoy working for you all. You all recruited, trained me, and I've been enjoying it for well over a year and a half for the most part. Oh, good. We're glad you're happy here, and I've enjoyed the last year and a half, and I'm, I'm sure it hasn't been perfect, but thanks for, for choosing us and being here. Well, you, you guys chose me as well. All my problems, I we're going to just lay at, the, at Mitch's seat for now, because why not? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my, my question is, and I, I know Danielle's on her day off, so you can hit her back with it later, but... Um, and I had multiple problems with our with the co-pilot and the GPS, but this one concerns when accidents happen. I mean, they could be happening a couple hundred miles away from me, seemingly, and they'll reroute me, adding miles to my trip. And I'm like, okay, the accident will be over. I'm not even close to there. And I'm just wondering if that's something that they're working on, or they're are they even aware that that's going on? Because I've been rerouted twice on this trip, and I just had to override it myself. Interesting, uh, Danielle. I'm assuming that you jumped off the call. Is that if you're here, jump back on? Um, she, she jumped off. Okay, yeah, Rich. Let her enjoy your day off. So, 
But no, other than that, yeah. no, it's, uh, it's been a great journey for me so far. And uh, But, yeah, that's just one of those things to address on top of it taking us out of wackadoo places that make that I don't feel that are safe, but I've already addressed those with Danielle and Derek. Uh, so I assume they're trying to get that cleaned up. But no, other than that, I, I've just been wondering about that, and it, I thought about it when I was on the town hall. And other than that, uh, if you want to come to the best fleet, it's E1, kids. All right. Well, thanks. I'm glad you like your fleet. Hey, we're going to have Ron Hall jump in. He has some perspective on this issue. Go ahead, Ron. Hi, Andrew. Uh, hey, I appreciate you flagging the concern. Um, I'm the guy in the organization that uh, negotiates our purchase contracts, and so I, I was the one that, uh, that actually looked at and uh, decided to line us up with Copilot. Uh, you know, when we looked at the various uh, options out there for navigation software, everyone had a deficiency, and I don't. You, you're probably not familiar with the one we had prior to Copilot. Uh, it was called Map to It Navigo, uh, and the major deficiency with that one was uh, was that it took too long to reroute once it recognized that you had left the route, and so it wasn't. It was basically leaving us hanging in the truck while we were waiting for reroute. So we decided not to go with that one. Um, Rand McNally has a tool that we decided wasn't as truck-specific a routing tool that we needed, and so we ended up deciding on Copilot, which is a PC Miler um, application. And as I said, every one of them had some deficiencies, but we felt like Copilot was the best option for us. And we also interviewed uh, our peers in the industry and found that most other trucking companies are using Copilot. So while there are some deficiencies, and, and we'll definitely take this one back to the folks at Copilot and, and ask them if there are settings that can address this, um, we do feel like it's the best routing solution and that it uh, it's uh, at least consistent with the best options out there with our peers in the industry. So hope that helps. Well, I wasn't questioning whether it was the best in the industry. I was wondering just why it was doing that, and I'm sure they're all they're, uh, every system has deficiencies. Again, since it's within this company, we'll just keep putting that on Mitch's doorstep and letting him take the blame. Hey, Will, yeah. uh, Will we, you've, your concern's been heard, though. It helps us when we hear these kinds of specifics because we will be able to take this back. Hey, why are we routing 200 miles ahead or 100 miles ahead on uh, on construction or accident delays? Um, we'll definitely take that to the folks at Copilot. We do have a good relationship with them, and they'll listen to us. So we'll we'll find out if there's options to fix that. Not a problem. Hey, you guys have a okay. Yeah, you too, Andrew. And I'll tell you, anybody that can tease Mitch like that is good with me. So thanks for giving <laughs> him a hard time as well. All right, who's next, him. Mitch? Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it, man. Well, call me anytime, you know, no problem. Um, next one, let's go to Mark Wagner. Mark, go ahead. How you doing? Hey, fellas. Thanks for taking my call. I, I'm really glad that I came in after the uh, the other gentleman just there because I've already been rerouted twice. <laughs> and uh, it, does, uh, it does present a little bit of problems, especially on a mentor's truck. Uh, one suggestion I would make to that is it, maybe it would be easy fix if we could just get them to give a pop-up saying, hey, we found a better route. Do you want to accept it, yes or no? And that's what I see in some other navigation systems. And the, the problem that you have is you can get rerouted and you don't even know it until uh, later as far as um, like on a mentor's truck because the, the mentees that are driving and, and if you're not, like actively watching the navigation system, um, they, they're going to follow that. So, it, because they haven't like fully learned trip planning yet. But um, I also wanted to say um, thank you very much for the opportunity to work with this company because I've thoroughly enjoyed my journey and uh, being on the road team and a mentor, it's, it's opened up a lot of doors for me. I've got to meet each and every one of you and it's, just been a great journey going down the road with CR England. I look forward to a lot of years uh, further down the road. This this company right now, in light of everything that's happening, 
with uh, the economy and stuff like that, I feel very stable and I'm not afraid. Uh, I, I know what's going to happen later on down the road. It might be a, a little bit tighter, but we're still all gainfully employed, and I'm grateful for that, so thank you. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention about the road team right now is um, that there has been some changes as far as contacting the road team. So please, any driver that if you're looking to contact a driver that sits in the same seat that you do and you're looking for um, some some kind of help, whatever it might be, please go to the road team page on the toolbox. And um, that's all I have because the other guy took my question about the navigation system. <laughs> well, uh, before you. you go, before you you drop, um, uh, you know, on the co-pilot stuff, um, I want to say, uh, Rich, please. Rich, our VP of IT, please add that to the, the list of comments that we make sure that we address. Uh, the, that's a good idea that Mark brought up, and uh, we can take that further. Um, and one thing I like that you said, Mark, is that I like how you said you're not afraid. Like um, getting comfortable and having relationships and feeling good with a place and not having fear rule your life is certainly – the right feeling, and I, I'm glad you feel that way, and we're certainly happy we have you as part of the team and on the road team and, and helping uh, our our drivers with any issues they have. Uh, we appreciate all the things that you're doing, so thanks for the call. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Mark. Okay, next up, looks like we've got, I believe this is Dion Taylor. Dion, can you hear us? Is that you? Hey, how are you doing, guys? Hey, Dion. Yeah, my thing is, uh, you know, I'm WG uh, Walmart local here in Southern California, you know, and uh, they were pushing the, the, the North Star fueling on us, and with this new uh, system, I don't think that I've seen it. Is that still part of our fuel solution, or because we're kind of limited out here in California? Huh. Uh, Ron Hall, do you know anything about the fueling situation there? Yeah, so North Star is what most people recognize as SC Fuels. The two fueling options we've got in Southern California is SC Fuels, North Star, or uh, the there's a pilot truck stop that was, the pilot just acquired from the original owner that's right there in Colton as well. Um so both of those options are compliant stops. Um, Deanna, are you seeing something different than those in your fuel solution? Help me understand what the issue is. is, uh, is uh, yeah, is yeah, because the, the Fontana truck stop is also part of North Star. And, and that's where, I mean, you guys are pushing us to use that, so that's where I've been going, and now they're starting to – to send me over to like the the uh, the TA and and other places, which you know where we're local, we only drive so many miles. You know, we don't drive very many miles. So uh, yeah, I, yeah, I was just wondering. I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the North Star show up. I'd have to take a look at the actual fuel solution. Uh, it, there could be a reason that it wanted you to go to the TA or Petro in Ontario. But uh, I can tell you the way we set up the fuel optimizer, we have not favored that TA or Petro. They're right across the street from each other. We have not favored that Ontario location over SC Fuels. Our discounts are almost identical between uh, between the, the pilot uh, there, the 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 uh, SC Fuels locations and the TA Petro. So it's going to be uh, heavily favoring whatever the, the best solution is for the route. Um, but I, I, it's hard for me to tell you on individual trips without seeing the detail on why it might have chosen uh, the TA or the Petro. Okay. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Hey, be before you go, Ron, on that, I want just for the rest of our drivers, I'd like you to expand on just how the optimizer, uh, you know, how we prefer different fuel stops, how we make our decision-making there. We may have some that haven't been with us as long or have context to that. 
Uh, why don't you just let them in a little bit on our strategy there? Yeah, happy to walk through it. Uh, so there's a there's a piece of information that gets sent to us uh, through your platform science tablet, and it's the fuel level of the truck. So the fuel level of the truck is constantly monitored monitored by the fuel optimizer. It uh, at the start of every trip. It'll take that fuel level and it'll look at how far you can get with the existing fuel that you have in the truck, and it won't let you go below uh, a, uh, an eighth of a tank. Um, and it says, "Okay, I have to I have to fuel this driver uh, within this distance. What is the uh, what is the best priced fuel stop that's compliant that I can get that driver to in that distance?" And then. From then on, it does a very similar calculation for the rest of the fuel stops in your uh, in your trip. Um, at the a couple of the parameters, it it heavily avoids sending you out of route uh, for fuel. It heavily avoids requiring you to stop uh, more than the minimum number of times to purchase fuel, and. Uh, it also favors leaving you with enough fuel after the uh, at the end of the trip so that you don't have to immediately buy fuel at the end of the trip. So those are all parameters that we favor uh, driver um, uh, driver time on versus uh, price of fuel. But with all those uh, with all those parameters configured, it'll then pick the least costly fuel. And when we look uh, at the cost of um, fuel that we purchase within the optimizer or outside of the optimizer. In other words, what the cost difference is for using the optimizer. We do get a couple of cents benefit when we use the optimizer. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you talk about the uh, millions of gallons of fuel that we purchase, it is a significant amount. And, um, and that's why we really appreciate it when you use the optimizer and, uh, and part of the reason that we've uh, we've included it in the routing. Now, I will say this: we did get a lot of complaints from drivers that their fuel routing did not match their navigation. The biggest reason that we've included um, these fuel stops in the navigation in the workflow is because it it addressed a major driver concern that the fuel stops that were selected by the optimizer didn't match the routing. They were not on the route that the co-pilot was, was uh, generating for them. And, and that makes sense because in many, many cases, you can take this route or this route and it's the same mile. So by doing this, we've, we've, uh, we've made it a lot easier for those stops to comply with the route that uh, the co-pilot's going to choose for you. Hopefully that uh, that makes sense on why why we optimize fuel and uh, and why we've integrated it to the routing. Thanks, thanks, Ron. Um, it, I think it does. And thanks, Dion, for your call. Uh, Kirk Freeman, the president of our dedicated division. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about uh, the fueling issue with local drivers? Yes, absolutely. Thanks, Chad. So uh, for all the dedicated drivers on here, uh, especially the ones that come back to, I will, I will just, I'll say a home terminal. So whether it's Colton or Smithfield operations on the East, Casa, Shafter, um, whatever the operation is, if you're coming back to the same starting point, every one of those operations should have a nearby uh, fuel stop that is your designated fuel stop. For all the local drivers, uh, that are in day cab specifically, our uh, policy is that you would come in, especially the slip seat ones, that before you end your shift, when you come in, you would top up your fuel tanks at that locally assigned fuel stop. So regardless if there's a glitch or something like that in the optimizer, you all should know what your fuel stop is. Um, so like in Colton, it's just right there basically around the corner, right? So regardless of what may come across the optimizer, make sure you're using those stops. Those are the assigned ones uh, that we expect you to, to fuel at. Uh, Ron's comments on the optimizer, certainly that applies to our longer length of haul, the team fleets, 
our regional sleeper trucks that you know, obviously aren't back to a main terminal every night, then you would follow that. And if you see issues, certainly let dispatch and your account managers know, and we can work with, uh, you know, sorting out maybe some disconnects uh, in the in the programming. Uh, but that's how it should be done. Uh, locals, always leave your truck full of fuel for the next driver uh, to make sure that everybody's taken care of properly. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Kirk. We appreciate it. And uh, I, I think Dion got more than he asked for on the fuel optimizer issue, but uh, how the, that's how we, we roll. So, uh, <laughs> Thank you, you guys. Yes. So, so it's okay if I continue to use the North Star, the Valley, um, what is it called? It, it used to be called the, the Fontana truck, but now I think it's called the Valley Colton because that's what was pushing on us, you know, being in the day cab to, to fuel. So it's okay if we use that? Valley Colton is a network stop, but to, to Kirk's point, uh, that should be answered by your um, your account manager. Okay. So, thanks for Got the it. question. Thanks, Dion. All right, let's move on. Mitch, who's next? Okay, next up, we've got uh, David Taylor. David, can you hear us? Hi, yes, I can. Good afternoon to you guys. How are you guys doing? Good. Good, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I'm calling from, I'm sorry, my fleet number is B1, um, driver code DTBS. Um, first, I, I have two questions. One is really a comment, not a question, but a comment, a commendation. Um, as far as tenure, I've been here for uh, 11 and a half months, approaching my one year now, and it's been pretty much ups and downs. I mean, not nothing that you can really complain about, but... <clears throat> Over the last few months, um, I have grown into, this is my first trucking job actually, so I'm new to the industry, CR England um, was the first one to reach out to me as far as recruiting and stuff, and the recruiter did a very good job, so I joined CR England and, and, and I've been here since. Um, I must say that these town hall meetings, I do enjoy them. I get a chance to listen to the leadership, um, interact with them whenever I get a chance to get on the call, and I really appreciate it. Um, you guys, as far as I'm concerned, my opinion, are setting a very good example for drivers. Um, you, As far as taking our calls, answering our concerns and stuff like that, you guys are doing a wonderful job, and I appreciate it. Um, just to give an example, I remember two months ago on the, the call, a driver made a, com a comment about uh, the restroom situations in um, our terminals, and to my surprise, during that, in my next uh, stop in Laredo, it was a complete transformation as far as um, what was happening as far as the restroom is concerned. And it just shows that our concern and comments are not just going on deaf ears. And for me, that, that says a lot. <clears throat> However, hey, um, I'm sorry. I want to just say thank you. I appreciate you noticing that. Um, we are listening. We do care about what you think. We're not perfect at executing. We wish we were, but we're doing our best, and uh, we sure appreciate um, you noticing the sincere effort. So uh, thanks, that, and and also congratulations on your uh, soon-to-be one-year anniversary with the company. Thank you, Chad. Okay, um, my second thing now is a I have a little bit of issue, and uh, it has to do with. With communication, um, in my opinion, there 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 are some areas or uh, gray gray areas that we could probably um, look at fixing where communication is of concern. As far as information, sometimes decisions are made um, or things happen because of lack of communication or wrong um, information disseminated. And to give an example, um, I was. I was in I was in an accident. Well, not me. I was parked, and somebody hit my truck back in uh, in in April in Atlanta, and I was out of service for about uh, six weeks. Yeah, almost six weeks, five and a half weeks. And during that time, my first uh, pay 
pay period, I was expecting to get uh, whatever the pay is called, down, um, breakdown pay or layover or something, because I was near, I didn't know what, what exactly would. And there was absolutely no pay. I got zero dollars. And when I tried to reach out to my, my DM at the time um, about it, it was like I couldn't get to anyone. I message, I call, and no one returned my call and stuff like that. And to me, that was like, I mean, the situation where a driver is 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 out of service and is out on the road because I was I was in Atlanta, and I mean, it's like I didn't feel like I was um, a person at that point because not having a paycheck and then nobody um, gets reaching out to you, it was it wasn't good. I did make contact with. Um, Mr. Lopez, and that problem was resolved like instantaneously. So, again, the leadership—I I have to applaud you guys. Um, whenever there's a problem, if I can't get to my local um, or my immediate supervisor, the leadership always steps in, and I am—and I am—I'm taken care of. So, again, kudos to, to you guys on on that. And then, <clears throat> in wrapping up. I have a question. When it comes on to um, the method that we are paid, um, is there something that we could get, uh, like a, uh, what's it called? Uh, probably a layout, um, uh, 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 some information to say, well, for for example, layover, this is the way you are paid for layover, and these are the criteria. Because recently I have been like, so confused um, as far as how am I being paid. For example, I was told layover is 24 hours um, being parked. Now I am told it's 24 hours plus another 10 over um, for reset. So that's 34 hours. And to me, that is just um, too much, in my opinion. And so if there's a way that I could know exactly what the policy is, so I don't want to be asking, um, is, is something like that available to us as drivers? Okay, yeah, um, let's let's handle these one by one, um, and uh, first I want to go to Dusty Jacobs, um, uh, and somehow, um, David, you turned a complaint into a compliment. <laughs> in terms of the lack of communication after your accident. And I appreciate you complimenting the leadership, but I think we want to comment on on our philosophy on communication. So Dusty, I'll let you uh, jump into that real quick. You bet. Uh, David, thanks for the call. Thanks for your great attitude and uh, man, all your hard work for us uh, over the last uh, year. Um, and uh, Mr. Lopez is actually on the call, so it is great to hear that he helped you, but very disappointing that uh, you had that experience. Um, you know, for the most part, uh, we get really, really positive comments about our fleet managers, uh, their relationships with their drivers, and, uh, you know, certainly we have areas to improve, and this was one of them, and I'm, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, Ms. Ayel uh, Lopez was able to help you. Um, we we will uh, get... Uh, more information out to you, but for clarity, your layover and for all drivers on this in OTR is 24 hours after your PTA. So it, it's not 34 hours, not another 10 hours uh, after you know your your 24 hours. So whatever your time is, the, the PTA, which stands for projected time available, which is a very important uh, you know uh, number for us in operations. When you're available that clock starts and you should get paid. Um, we actually are continuing to develop new reporting. Actually, as uh, yesterday, we've got a, uh, an enhanced report that's gonna be coming coming out we, uh, to help us to do a better job with this. So we'll follow up with you after the call to make sure you, you, know, you uh, have any questions. But for all drivers on here, the best uh, resource is your fleet manager and certainly that you know reaching out to their managers if you have problems uh which should be very very rare uh as our fleet managers are you know doing a good job but we know that they're not perfect either so thank you david and uh uh we'll work on getting you taken care of thank you guys i appreciate it all right thanks for the call david and dusty thanks for your help on that one all right let's uh, move on mitch who do we have next 
Okay, next is, let me just find the name on here. The next caller looks like uh, Ricardo Allison. On mute here. Can you hear us, Ricardo? Yes, sir, I sure can. Hey, I appreciate you guys taking the time for the call. I, I, I go along with the rest of the drivers as far as uh, uh, just the leadership, and I've been driving for a very long time, and these meetings, which uh, I suggest everybody participate in, it's, it's nothing else, a very informative and the situation, uh, a great way that uh, you see the stuff actually can get resolved in uh it's like you're not the only driver to have certain certain particular problems. But my question for today is actually two. Um, the other day we uh, received an uh, email in regards to uh, our uh, policy changing as far as uh, uh, hospitalization and accident and critical events, I mean critical plans and illness and stuff like that. Uh, and we're going to Chubb, which I've never heard of before, but that's fine. That wasn't what the question was. Uh, the question is, Mr. Chandler had us uh, reach out to uh, the normal people as far as uh, our, our plan is concerned. But when I called in there to, uh, in regards to the matter, the young lady, didn't, she, was, she wasn't helpful at all. She wasn't aware of what was actually going on. So I was trying to get some clarification on that. Okay, did you have a second question? Why don't you shoot that one first and then we'll get back to it. Okay, yes sir. And the other one was, uh, like I say, I'm down here and I'm a really proud member of the of, uh, Atlanta Intermobile team down here and uh, really got great leaders that's, uh, above us as well, uh, Eric and uh, Eddie. Uh, we, I was trying to figure out with, with these 800 series boxes, because uh, the 700 series has been phenomenal, but the 800 series with the with the fueling tank is first of all it's hard to fuel, and uh, then it takes forever to fuel. And I just did just uh, uh, trying to figure out when we was creating and what what was what was we thinking as far as that concerned because it's really problematic and it takes forever just to the to, the to, to get get it get the fuel into the tank. And you really don't, they don't have the gauges on there to, to tell you where you where you fall at as well. So I was looking for some help in regards to that. Okay. Well, uh, thank you, Rico. We appreciate that. Um, and some really good questions there. First of all, with the um, with the question about the uh, insurance and Chubb issue, we can have uh, Chandler England get in touch with you or for uh or Jessica Hale. Uh, Jessica, you're on, aren't you? Yes, I'm on. Yeah, can you or can you or Chandler be sure to reach out to, to Ricardo after the call and uh help him understand how this affects him and, and his individual situation there, please? Yes, absolutely. I'm actually looking at a file right now and I'll be in touch shortly. Okay. Thank you, man. Yeah, you'll hear from us soon. And on the other issue about the 800 series boxes, um, we have Eddie Aquino on from Intermodal who has some background on it, and Dan Flanagan, our VP of maintenance, who can chime in as well. So let's start with Eddie. Go ahead, Eddie. Hey. Thank you. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, Rico, how you doing? What up, Eddie? How you doing, sir? <laughs> good, good. Yeah, so Dan's probably going to be uh, uh, more knowledgeable as far as the technical specs on the 800 series boxes. Um, so just for everyone's clarification, these are some of the new containers that we brought on in the Intermodal Group. Um, compared to the 700 series, like you mentioned, the, the fuel gauges currently are having issues, and they have an electronic fuel gauge, which is not operable right now. Um, that issue has been... Uh, made aware, and we're actually trying to reroute those equipment back to Salt Lake to get them uh, swapped out on the fuel tank. So I know it's causing some issues with customers uh, where you guys have had to, you know, show them filling receipts just to ensure that they'll let you drop. Just please be diligent and keep that up. 
it's an extra step, and I appreciate you know that extra step that you guys are doing to keep the operation moving. But we will get that uh, fuel tank issue addressed shortly. So. Thanks, Thanks Ronnie. Thanks, Dan, what else do you have on that? Well, I think uh, it covered it pretty good. Uh, the only other thing I had was uh, the filling capabilities, if there's a, a problem filling. So when these come in, I'll, I'll make sure the, uh, we have a fuel tank here, of course, in uh, or a fill tank, where we can uh, fill these and see if there's issues with uh, any restrictions in the, in the fueling process. But uh, like Edward said, we'll get the fuel gauges uh, fixed up and we'll get back out there. I appreciate you letting us know. And uh, we we, do, we are aware of it and we're trying to get this uh, uh, corralled and, and taken care of as soon as we can. Uh, so uh, thank you, Ricardo. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Dan, and, and just to, to piggyback, and I appreciate when you guys do get the tanks, if you, if you just not only just fueling them, just get to the fuel tank itself. You have to get all the way up on your uh, the, the the crawler to get up there to just even get the tank up in there. And, and, and that was just something that I, I found to be strange too. Like I say, the these are 700 series. You don't necessarily have to get up on your crawler in the back to get to them. And uh, I mean, I, I guess even I'm, I'm not the tallest person in the world, but that's what I have to do to just even get the the, uh, the fuel tank into it, so yeah. Yeah, and what I'll do is, I'm not the tallest person in the world, by the way, uh, so I'm going to get out there and I'm going to see uh, what the issue are, issues are here, and just to make sure that um, us who are uh, vertically challenged uh, can make sure that we do this safely, and uh, again, I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Um, thank you, fellas. I appreciate the call as always. Thank you. I have a blessed day. Okay. Dan, I I don't know if I trust tall people, so I'm glad you're looking into this. Uh, so thanks so much. I'm just kidding to all my tall people. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Hard to get crap about that. Okay. Uh, who's next, Mitch? All right. Um, next up, we've got Thad Corbett. Thad, can you hear us? Yes, this is Thad. How you doing? Good. Go ahead, Thad. Oh, yes, yes. Good. I got on the call. That is wonderful. Yes, and I did want to say something about the 800 series as well. They are problematic, and they're very dangerous to fuel. I'm told, and to try to fuel them is a problem. And what they did say about some of them, not having a fuel gauge, I spent almost five minutes trying to find one, and I said, man, it's not a fuel gauge on there. One of my coworkers was like, yeah, there's one on there. So I'm glad Rico said what I knew. I know I didn't see one on one of them, so that was great. Um, however, I did want to say that I'm glad when we can mention when things are going right. Because to always hear complaints is not a good feeling because when I think of what would Gene Ingman do, I think about dedication, commitment, and a strong work ethic. And he doesn't have to say it, but the put within the pin in, in the pudding because he's created a legacy for himself and his family which is a wonderful thing, I must admit. Um, however, I wanted to know this question. Y'all have a program to purchase vehicles as an employee, but it's always in Salt Lake City. I want to know if someone like myself who lives and works in Pennsylvania, can they be a part of that program? And how will they be able to uh, see the inventory of the cars and work that out? I know it's not, well, that's a meeting. I mean, that's a, that's a conversation that I, I'm just curious about. Wow. Uh, Thad, uh, that's a great question. First of all, 
Um, thanks for the uh, WWGD reference, the what would Gene do reference. And then you, you go straight into a GB leasing question, which is uh, about uh, leasing vehicles. Um, you know, Gene runs uh, GB leasing, um, and uh, we <laughs> – I, I, I think we can have them give you a call. Uh, we certainly uh, make that available to all of our employees. And uh, so I think we can have um, Jacob and GB Leasing call you directly about whether uh, there's any uh, any vehicles that you might be interested that they have in inventory. So I'm not sure if anybody has a, a more comprehensive answer than that that's on the call but i know jacob can certainly answer all your questions on that and uh you know the way that works uh for those that don't know is um gene has his uh, auto dealer's license he started up this company when he was about 90 years old he's turning 104 next month um but or, or in a little more in a month but he uh and uh he and his brother Bill started GB leasing, and and for uh, payroll deduction, you can lease vehicles uh, from them uh, while you're employed with the company. So uh, we will be sure to get you information on that, Thad, after the call. There's a, a website available. Uh, I don't I don't know what the uh, URL is to that, but um, it's certainly out there where you can look at what cars are available too. But we'll have Jacob call you, okay, Thad? Wonderful. And I have one more thing to say, that on the tablet, I'm finding out that when I enter on the DBIR, my trailer, for some reason, when I try to put the state of the license plate on the trailer, it's been happening for the last two weeks, um, it won't change. It stays in Pennsylvania. Now, I found out how to do it. Now, I actually have to restart the tablet in order for that to move, but that's a little frustrating. And I thought maybe it was because I was in a certain location, and but that's not the case. So I don't know if anyone else was experiencing that, but it needs to be addressed because it's frustrating that, you know, it gets stuck there and you'd be like, okay, well, what do I do? Do I keep on playing with it or do I just say this license plate is in Pennsylvania and move forward? Because um, time is of an essence out here when we're trying to get the work done. Okay. Uh, good, good question on that, Thad. Uh, Rich Farrer, VP of IT, can talk about the tablet question. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks for the question. I have to say, um, I'm not familiar with that one. Um, it shouldn't do that. It should just work. And, and obviously, um, if rebooting the tablet fixes it, that's definitely a problem because it shouldn't. We shouldn't be spending that time on that. We will reach out to you specifically on this one. Um, you know, if there's others um, that are here having this problem, we'll we'll hear about it as well. But we'll reach out to you specifically on this one so we can recreate it and find out if it's something specifically with your tablet or if it's a more general problem, and we'll get that fixed right away. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Um, I'm going to do something that's probably never been done before because I'm different. Okay, now you're scared. You ready? Sure. We'll see. Go ahead. Still there, Thad? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm right here. Yeah, listen, I had to do this. This is my coworker. She had a question. She's part of my fleet, and she's probably way down the line, but she has a very important question she wanted to ask. I won't do it again, but I had to. Okay, hey, before that, before you go, before you hand it over, um, I want you to know that we did find the website. It's it's gbleasing.com, like Gene Bill, gbleasing.com. You can go on there. I looked at the inventory. Right now we got a Dodge Durango. We got a Ram Rebel. We got an F-150, a GMC Acadia, and the list goes on and on and on. So all those oh, okay. cars, uh, you can find them right there, gbleasing.com. 
Okay, now who who are you turning this over to? Randy Jackson, the only Randy Jackson. Go ahead, Mr. Jackson. Okay, go ahead. Is she on? She finally got there. She had a valid question. But um, if we don't bring her to the forefront, we'll never get the answer that we need. I'm here. Okay, I wasn't sure if anybody could hear me. Yeah, they can hear you. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question about compliance. Recently, I was pulled over with my truck and trailer for not having brake lights on my trailer. And the officer gave me and issued me a citation for the trailer lights not working, uh, the brake lights, just the brake lights for the citation. And he also gave, uh, issued me the, an, a, a level two inspection. In his level two inspection, he said my truck lights weren't working, and he said my ABS brake light was on, which wasn't on until after he started making drastic brake pedals over and over again. But the brake lights truly weren't working. When I did my light test, I had all my lights worked. I have video proof of that. My question is, well, I found out now we can use a stick to press the brake pedal and know that the brakes are working. But none of us do that. We, we all know that. That's, we use the light test. My question is, how am I supposed to know that those brake lights aren't working? And then compliance this morning told me I should have done my inspection with the DOT officer. My, and it's like, how do I do that? How do I do an inspection with the DOT officer and press my brakes, turn my lights on, you know, do the, the whole test? He had somebody standing at the back of my truck, had somebody at the front of my truck. Now, when I did push the brake pedal, my truck lights did work. So my truck brake lights did work. He still wrote that up in the inspection. How do I argue that? Because now compliance is telling me that I should have had that signed off. But how do I, what do I do? Tell them, hey, hey, my brake lights are working. You have to fix it. You have to, you know, write that they're working on my, my site, um, my inspection report. I'm just a little confused, and I'm very upset over it. I'm not going to lie, but I'm very upset over the whole thing because my light test did work. Well, I can can understand why you'd be upset, and I appreciate you calling. And, you know, uh, Thad turning the uh, phone over to you was uh, not as scary as I thought, so we're glad to have you on the call, Randy. Um, Megan Belcher is on here with us from Compliance. Megan, why don't you chime in on on uh, answering this question. Yeah, hey, thank you so much for the question and for the feedback regarding that inspection. That is an incredibly frustrating situation and I completely understand where you're coming from there. Um, You know, the unfortunate situation is sometimes, you know, despite our best efforts with our pre and post trip, sometimes things happen when you're in route and sometimes there are things that happen that you, you know, can't always prepare for. Um, You know, doing those pre-trip and post-trip inspections are super important to try and make sure you maintain a safe vehicle and to avoid these as much as possible. Um, You know, where you've had this situation where there was an officer where, you know, they're saying it wasn't working, they're saying it was working, um, you know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong when you're on the road, unfortunately. Um, Now, you've indicated that you have some documentation regarding your inspection. Offline, I'm going to give you a call as soon as we're off this call to kind of see if I can get some of that documentation to review it, compare it to the inspection report, and see if maybe there's something that we can do, um, you know, to maybe reach out to the officer that wrote the violation and um, see if we might be able to challenge that potentially with a data queue request or something of that nature. But I'll give you a call after so that we can compare the documentation you have to the inspection report from the officer make sure that it's correct, and if it's not correct, see if we can challenge it. Um, You know, this does bring up a great point related to inspections. We always have officers out on the road, both in ports of entry, as well as officers that are out on the road watching drivers and watching their behavior, things like that. Um, Upcoming for the week of August 20th through the 26th, the Commercial Vehicle Safety Association is gonna be hosting a break safety week. 
Um, and there will be increased enforcement out there on the road. There will be increased inspections at ports of entry. And it's a great thing to remember to make sure, especially during that week, but at all times that you're checking those brakes and making sure that they are safe so that you can avoid a violation, hopefully, um, you know, going forward and keep yourself safe when you're over the road there. Um, you know, August 20th through the 26th, that'll be the brake inspection week. And make sure that you are double checking your brakes, making sure you're staying safe. And again, I will give you a call back as soon as this call is over so that we can make sure to compare that inspection report with the documentation you have and make sure everything is as correct as possible. Because that's a totally frustrating experience um, that, you know, I want to try to take care of for you and make sure we can get some resolution on, okay? Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for the question. I really appreciate it. Uh, actually, Megan, can yeah. you do me a favor and call me um, like a half an hour after? Because we actually have our huddle call right after. Perfect. No problem. I'll put it on my calendar right now. Uh, I love you. that, you're, uh, that you're setting a good example on getting on your huddle call, Randy. Um, Fleet I-4 is killing it on this call, and so did Megan with that answer. So. Uh, we are, uh, I'm getting comments on our group chat that Megan should run for office. She handled that so well. So um, <laughs> very solid. I want to thank all the drivers uh, that called in. We had Randy, Thad, Rico, David, Dion, Mark, Andrew, and Paul that joined us. And thank all the contributors that helped us today uh, with, with uh, answering questions and all the leaders that are doing such a good job. Um, listening to drivers, making adjustments, and uh, making sure that we're the, the best company we can be. And for also um, everybody uh, sticking with our core values and making sure that we are uh, doing things the Sierra England way and delivering excellence. Uh, so thank you all. And with that, that will end our call today. Take care. <laughs>